Then she'd tell you how much fabric and notions to buy. And she'd have that outfit sewed up and ready to wear faster than you could order it from Sears and Roebuck. Mama didn't charge very much for the masterpieces she made. She'd make you a dress for $3.50, a skirt or a blouse for $2, a necktie for $0.50. One time, she made a wedding gown that had lace ruffles all the way down the skirt and a train that dragged six feet behind it. She hand-stitched seed pearls all over the bodice and made satin-covered buttons down the back. She charged $15 to make that dress and felt guilty about it for the rest of her life. People would offer to pay her more, but Mama would say, Oh, heavens no! I can't charge any more for doing something I love so much. Why, that would be downright greedy. But she would tell them that if they didn't want the scraps and leftover notions, she'd be glad to keep them. And folks would usually leave them. Mama would mumble, They must not remember the Depression. My mama never forgot the Depression, nor one of the most important lessons she learned from it. Never throw anything away. She found a use for everything. She saved stuff, stuff that seemed worthless to me, but Mama said we might need it someday. She saved used zippers, tiny pieces of lace, cards of rickrack and hem tape, spools with only a few inches of thread on them. She saved fabric scraps, no matter how small they were. She'd fold up the little scrap and stuff it in a box and cram the box into a corner of our house. In every cabinet, in every closet, under every bed were boxes packed full of fabric scraps. Daddy said that he expected to open up the refrigerator someday and find it full of fabric scraps. But what Mama especially loved to save were buttons. No matter how old or ugly or out of style a button was, Mama saved it. When Daddy's work shirts got too ragged and greasy to wear anymore, Mama would cut the buttons off, put them in her button box, and then use the shirts as rags. By the time I came along and started playing with those buttons, there must have been more than a thousand of them. So, each night I'd take my place on the quilt pallet, snuggle up next to Mama, and she'd lean over to a small chest next to the singer, open up a drawer, and take out the button box. She'd place it on the pallet next to me. I can still remember exactly how it looked. It was a round box made out of shiny metal. On the top was a picture of a cowboy who had a strong resemblance to Roy Rogers, only Trigger was missing. The cowboy was lassoing a great big gold lone star. On the bottom of the box was some raised lettering that said, Collins Street Bakery, Corsicana, Texas. Mama showed me how you could push down on one side of the lid so that it would pop open on the other side. That's when you could see the multitude of buttons inside the box.
As soon as I peeled off the lid, a wonderful, sweet aroma would waft out of that box. And I'd say, Mmm, Mama, how come these buttons smell so good? And Mama would say, Cause, baby, there wasn't always buttons in that box. When I got it, there was fruitcake in it. Did it taste good, Mama? Oh, baby, nobody actually eats fruitcake. Well, where did you get the fruitcake, Mama? Well, I got it as a, as a surprise a few Christmases ago. You see, my boss had a big order he needed to get out before the holidays, so he asked some of us to work overtime and get that order through the assembly line. Well, I'm one of his fastest workers, and he knows that. So he specially asked me to put in the extra hours, and I did. Several of us did. We was all hoping that we might get double overtime pay, or that maybe he'd give us a big Christmas bonus. He didn't do either one. He gave us fruit cakes. What did you do with yours, Mama? Oh, I give it to you, Daddy, for fish bait. Your daddy says that fish don't have no more sense than to eat fruit cake. Then I would dump those buttons onto the pallet and start sorting them. I'd sort them by size, by color, by whatever they were made of. I learned to count with those buttons. I could count by ones, by fives, by tens. Those buttons were real handy for learning to add and subtract and multiply and divide. Several years later, when I was in junior high and couldn't understand how in the world algebra worked, my mama taught me how to do algebraic equations using those buttons. But more important than the mathematical value of those buttons was the story value. My mama had a story to go along with every single button in that box. I'd dig around in the box and pull out a tiny mother-of-pearl button with four eyes in it. I'd hold it up, and I'd say, Mama, where did this button come from? And Mama would say, Oh, Lord, love a duck. That button come off your first birthday dress, baby. I made it out of a scrap of yellow dotted Swiss material I had left over from some curtains I'd sewed for a lady from Baylor University. I put a little Peter Pan collar at the neck of that dress, and I used some scraps of lace to go around the collar and the sleeves. Now, all the lace didn't match exactly, but I was the only one who knew that. And then I put three of them little buttons right down the front. Oh, it was the sweetest little dress, and you was cute as a button when I got you all dressed up in it. Well, I made you a big old chocolate cake for your birthday, and I set you up there in front of your cake with that one pink candle on it. And we all sang, Happy Birthday to you! Happy Birthday to you! And then we wanted for you to blow out the candle. Only, you didn't know what to do. Cause you'd never had a birthday before, of course. So I showed you how to pucker up your lips, and you looked like you was going to kiss the candle. 
Well, finally, your Grandpa MacBride got tired of waiting, so he leaned over and whoosh, blew out that candle. I reckon that irritated you a right smart. You reached out and scooped up a handful of chocolate frosting and smeared it all over your granddaddy's bald head. He nearly fell out of his chair laughing. Next thing you know, he scooped up a handful of chocolate frosting and smeared it all over your bald head. You two were the funniest-looking messes I've ever seen. Oh, I wish I had a picture of that day, baby. But we didn't have a camera back then. And I'd say, It's okay, Mama. I can see it. I can see it. I'd dig around in that box again, and I'd pull up a sturdy metal button. I'd hold it up, and I'd say, Mama, where did this button come from? And Mama would say, Oh, jerk out my heart and stomp on it. Baby, that button come off your daddy's overalls. You've never seen your daddy in overalls, but back before you were born, he wore them nearly every day. We had a little cotton farm back in the 1930s. We didn't own it. We was sharecropping the land. But we was saving what we could, and we was hoping to buy our own farm one day. But the Depression come along, and we lost everything that we had set aside. We gave up farming and moved into town. Your daddy got a job working as a janitor. He couldn't wear his overalls anymore. He had to wear a uniform with his name on the shirt. He had never had to display his name on his clothes before, and he didn't like it. He said it felt like they didn't trust him.